Tundra Talk is brought to you by Frontier Outfitters and Century Hardware, your locally owned source for hunting, fishing, and shooting gear in interior Alaska. They sell proven gear that will tackle whatever Alaskan tasks you need it to, and Frontier always stays current with gear for the season. Whether you're baiting bears in the spring, fishing, camping, or dip netting in the summer, you're looking for game bags and moose camp gear in the fall, uh, if you need to stock up on trapping lures or just get everything you need to go ice fishing, they've got you covered. They always carry a wide variety of Alaskan-proven clothing and boots, camping gear, meat processing supplies, guns, ammo, reloading and shooting supplies, as well as camping gear and backpacking food. Downstairs in Century Hardware, you'll find a full hardware store naturally, and um, you'll also find your snow machine, ATV, marine accessories down there. They go out of their way to stock plenty, plenty of quality, useful equipment. And whether you're gearing up for a hunting or fishing trip, working on a never-ending home improvement project, or anything in between, it's usually a one-stop shop. Frontier Outfitters is located on 3rd and Old Steese in Fairbanks, and they have a second location in North Pole, so make sure you stop in next time you need to gear up. This episode of Tundra Talk is also brought to you by Hedgecock Group Realtor Rick Lindsay, a guy that can take care of just about any of your real estate needs in the Fairbanks area. Now, the Hedgecock Group has been in Fairbanks North Pole real estate market since the early 80s, and their service is tailored to meet the diverse needs of home buyers in interior Alaska. Now, Rick has lived in Fairbanks for a long time and understands a lot of the less obvious ins and outs of buying and selling property around here. You know, things like water holding tanks and permafrost and all that jazz. Fairbanks is a really unique place to live, and having a realtor that knows what to look for in a quality place can make all the difference. Rick's a Marine Corps veteran and will work hard to get you exactly what you need. And if you're looking to buy or sell real estate in the Fairbanks or North Pole area, reach out to Rick at 907-378-6780. And go check out his Instagram at R-L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-113 at rlindsey113. He's really a passionate outdoorsman. He's just like us. He's one of us. And he loves to share his adventures on there. And he's got a pretty a pretty nice cranker of a ram that I'm jealous of. So go check him out. I know there's lots of you out there that dream of moving to Alaska, but it's a big step and can be kind of intimidating. Landing a solid job before you move can make things run a lot smoother, but you might not be sure of the job market or even really where to look. Now, if you're an experienced ASC certified or GM factory trained technician, I've got good news for you. Chevrolet GMC of Fairbanks is looking to hire qualified service department techs, and they've got enough work to keep you pretty much as busy as you want to be. Fairbanks Chevy has a very busy shop, but they allow for flexible scheduling. They offer top market pay rates with paid overtime, a great benefits package with 401k retirement plan with contribution matching, and you know, for a service tech, you can really make a good solid living. They, they can offer relocation assistance to help get you up here, paid training to get you spun up, and they have a well-lit and well-maintained facility, and these are all things that I mean, help contribute to a great work atmosphere. On top of all that, they make it a priority to allow you to take your vacation time during hunting season, something that is really tough in the, in the service and construction industries here in Fairbanks and can sometimes be a deal breaker for folks like us. Good help and hard workers are always welcome in Fairbanks, and if this is the opportunity you've been waiting for, apply at FairbanksChevy.com or call their service manager, Rick Lindsay, directly at 907-215-6444. <laughs> 
That's how you do it. All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel, sitting down this evening with with Hunter and his son Jet Knezovic, of not not of any relation to any Slovenian or Bosnian war criminals, right? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, definitely Croatian, though, man. Yeah, yep. yes, sir. Uh, that's where we hail from. Nice. So, so. you, uh, we, I mean, we've been in touch for a few years. Yeah, since and, since before I moved up here. Yeah, because I remember, you know, you'd re- like. Hit me up with some questions before moving up here and uh, been up here for a couple of years now. And, I mean, we've crossed paths a couple of times in town. Yep. It's Fairbanks. Yeah, uh, right, right. No, man, I was, I'm excited to have you over and, like, just, you know, hear more about your story and what, what you think of all this. Like, it's kind of cool to get your perspective after being up here a couple of years. Right. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, you know, like, because you're from Wyoming, right, yep. originally? Yep. Yep. Southwest Wyoming and... You know, hunted, grew up hunting, hunting uh, Western Wyoming my whole life. Yeah, uh, yeah, just mainly mule deer, elk, antelope kind of deal. You know. Yeah, how could you be from Wyoming without hunting antelope, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, they're just scattered all over the place from where we're from, huh, buddy. Yeah, yep. there was some. There was some around where I grew up in Southern Colorado, but not. I mean, not a ton. Yeah, I never had a tag or anything. We we're just kind of up in one of those high high valleys and they'd just be out there be out there in the sagebrush and foot, sometimes you see them up in the foothills right but uh yeah goofy critters man oh yeah it yeah. seems like like super spooky but also very curious right yeah well, it's yeah i mean sometimes you'll get the uh real spooky ones you know but like where i was from in southwest you got a lot of oil filled roads you know yeah. so a lot of them times them them goats will just stand there and pretty much watch you and you know they're used to you know vehicle traffic from all the oil roads and you know what's crazy about them creators is their their vision you know and how good they can see you know just like sheep you know and they got like a i think like 270 like degree range of view yeah yeah So, so they'll be you know like staring dead away from you you know and they could still be seeing you so we can still see you. Yeah, yeah pretty hard to put a stock on on a good one you know yeah so. did you ever mess around with like flagging them no i heard of guys doing that like i mean i don't know anybody that did it but my dad always told me guys that would do it because we like we'd go hunting coyotes and stuff calling coyotes and you know herd antelope would be over there and they see you and if they don't like know what you are they're kind of like caribou like sometimes they'll come running over to like see what you are yeah yeah <laughs> and i heard of guys like you know with like would just like stick a pole with like a white flag i mean i'm frankly i've heard of similar stuff for caribou right guys trying sticking a pole with like a white flag or something up and they just they're just curious they want to come check it out see what it is yeah yeah i've heard of you know like them and montana decoys you know yeah I've seen them ones that you know like people attached to the bow even yeah yeah you know walk right up to them but no i haven't really ever done too much of that any real antelope hunting i've done archery wise has been either spot and stock or just a few times just uh sitting on water holes yeah so i mean yeah i'm no i'm not i'm not too not too proud to sit a water hole if i had to <laughs> right, right. but someday yeah someday i'd like to i mean i'd like to shoot a bunch with a rifle too yeah yeah well that's how i always did it you yeah know? it's so. And we ate ate all of them. Nice. But, I've heard that they're really like really good if you get them. Oh, I yeah. mean, hot weather you get them cleaned quick and everything. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's they're they're right up there with my favorite. You know, nice. Got to just keep care of the meat. You know, I like them more than muleys. Yeah. Right. But just like anything, just take care of the meat right away. And, yeah. You know, I've I've antelope steaks great. 
So heck yeah. Yeah, we we'd uh fill up on additional Dauphin tags and take the whole family out and you know, put the stacking on a bunch of doe or doe antelope or whatever. Nice. So heck yeah. yeah. So Jet, you're fourteen, yeah. your dad said. Yeah. What'd you think of him dragging you up here? I thought it was cool. You thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. So did I. I was I was sixteen when we when we moved up and Yeah. I was pretty up I was pretty mad, pretty pissed right like and when I don't know. By the time it was decided I was I was I was game, but I think when that was just when it was just talk I wasn't wasn't too keyed in. I wanted to stay and play football and oh, yeah. all that yeah foolishness. <laughs> I hear you, man. But yeah, it's kind of I love playing football. I played football I think, you know, fourth grade all the way up to high school. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right to high school and then high school I was doing two a day practices and you know like I told the coach you know hey I'm gonna miss you know coming up hunting season and said no you're not you know you're not gonna play football if you know whatever you know you're not gonna play football if you're gonna go hunting and that was it for pretty much my football career yeah (laughs) so I mean if I was put in that position back then you know I can't say that that would have been to, I don't know. I would yeah. love to come up to Alaska, you know. Yeah, but so. No, it was. Uh, you know, speaking of which, you you play any sports? Yeah, I did wrestling. Wrestling. I do wrestling. I do, do wrestling. wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got our our oldest sons in wrestling now too. He's loving it. I think he's oh, too young did. to realize like how horrible it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, yeah. I I I wrestled for one year, and that was. Was enough for me, right? Yeah, I didn't but wrestle a whole lot. Myself. I just did, you know. I don't know. I don't have the mobility, or right. never did quite have the mobility to be. Yeah. Or the coach. I mean, you start at it when you're a kid, yeah, and don't know any better. You can get really good. But. Oh yeah, absolutely. I came from a big wrestling family, but you know, I never really wrestled at all. You know, I wrestled, but it just wasn't. you're a little tall for like yeah, you're a little tall for right. You know, don't big have old. that short, like stocky, wiry build. Right, and that that was my thing too. You know, I was I think I was pretty close to the same height I am now in sixth grade. Oh man, you know. Yeah. So, I was, I was, Did you have a mustache too? You're one of them guys. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> where like Pee Wee basketball is getting <laughs> smashed by you know six foot tall dudes. Right. No, no. And yeah, I should have probably been playing basketball at that time, but never even played played a game of basketball. But yeah, now you're not missing nothing. Nah. No. <laughs> That's what, what do they say about, that's what girls do during wrestling season, play basketball? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. Oh, man. But, but yeah, so you guys, you, you moved up, yeah, moved up here a couple years ago and. Uh, yep, 2020 is when we moved up right, and right at the beginning of the vid. Which, yeah, did you, yeah, so you were, uh, you were up here. In the beginning of that, yeah, that was a pretty damn good year. I thought. I mean, yeah. being up here, if you're getting out and about, right. not so much for the yeah the getting to know people thing, but yeah, well, yeah, it was to move to Fairbanks during that time. You know, you're it was just weird because I we didn't get the whole really Fairbanks experience yeah. until pretty much two years later. Yeah, you know? so, yeah. No, it's taken 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 a little while for things to kind of buff out, but right. Yeah, better, better than the never. Mm-hmm. For sure. And you've been, uh, you've been guiding, been. I mean, what what have you been doing since you've been here? I know you've been doing some guiding. Yeah, various yeah. places. Just well, yeah. 
last year I, uh, no, I, I don't want to say guidance. Or some packing yeah, guidance. Yeah, I just, I, last year I, you know, I just decided to, uh, what brought me up here was a mining job. That's all I've ever yeah. done is mining my, my whole entire life, you know, the maintenance side of things. Yeah. Uh, welding mechanic. You work up at, up at Fort Knox? I did. You know, yeah. that's what brought me up here. But uh, after a while, that not, you know, I, I, I had to work two years with them. And, you know, things didn't end up panning out there. And, you know, after a while, I was like, you know, brainstorming what I was, was really wanting to do, mm-hmm. you know. And was just, you know, thought about getting my feet wet and guiding. You know, there, when I was in Wyoming, I never really pictured myself even considering being a guide you know i that thoughts crossed my mind once you know yeah. and i was like you know i don't want to turn my passion into you know a job or whatever mm-hmm. and you know i still haven't you know i still keep my day-to-day job you know but yeah i uh just uh decided to try to try to find a job that would allow me to do some guiding and Ended nice. up, I found a damn good job that will allow me to take whatever guiding time I need off, you know, within yeah, reason. Yeah. Within reason. You know, it's still a full-time job, but, you know, I'm not getting paid while I'm guiding or anything other than the actual mm-hmm. upcoming guiding, so. Yeah, which for, like, you know, we were talking about a little bit before, like, for the, the I don't know, you'd say it, like, the normal route for people interested in getting into guiding up here. Is you're basically a slave, yep. a packer for the first year or two. I mean, depends on who you who you work for. Some folks don't even pay packers, <laughs> right? Right. No, no. I fell fell in with a good outfit, you know, and they they treated me real well packing. You know, I I told them all the experience I had in Wyoming. You yeah, know, and showed up just ready to get after it, and ended up doing five or six real successful hunts with some awesome guides and. You know, now I'm sitting here with my guide license, ready to, ready to rock and roll. So, heck yeah. Well, it, uh, you know, and it. I mean, for for someone new up here, it's like it's a good way, I think, to just yeah. see how things how things work and how because that's probably and one of the things I want, want like want to hear from you is, I mean, some of your like hunting background and just stuff you did, cool stuff you did in Wyoming, and then how like how maybe it's things are like you expected them to be and how they're not. Cause right. I'm sure in some ways they aren't, man. When I, I mean, grew up in pretty rural Colorado and then moving to Fairbanks, I'm like, Oh yeah, Alaska, you know, I just, but I, I was kind of shocked by like the number of people right around town, mm-hmm. you know, and it took, it took a little while to like really right figure things out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, when I, uh, so you want me to just, yeah, man. Yeah. Give you a whole, Spiel yeah, give me the give me the whole spiel, man. Yeah, dude. I uh, basically, like I say, I grew up in Wyoming and Southwest Wyoming hunting. What basically the mountains, the Wyoming range, Western Wyoming. So that's uh, that's like you know, obviously, <laughs> I'm not totally dumb. Obviously, north North Colorado, kind of Utah, yeah, corner that that yeah, area right there. Yeah, where I lived is actually you know like real high plains desert area, probably similar to where you're from, sagebrush mm-hmm. and you know yep horny toads all that kind oh of, yeah all yeah. that kind of cool shit and pronghorns but no you go north towards i basically just hunt in the south you know quite a way south of yellowstone but yellowstone country mm-hmm. you know just not quite in the grizzly bears yet and uh you know wyoming range and there's 
you know, that's where we grew up hunting the foothills of, you know, like the 10,000 foot peaks, Mm -hmm. you know, my grandpa and my, my, my whole family, we growing up, we'd hunt these foothills for elk, you know, mainly I think my grandfather, you know, he was mainly an elk hunter and they were just stacking, whacking and stacking for meat Mm -hmm. more than anything. And then that turned in, uh, you know, my, just basically our whole posse, you know, my, my dad had, you know, five, there was five boy or four boys, you know, and they all loved hunting and they all had a bunch of boys. And so growing up, we, uh, you know, all the way up through high school, I was just like a foothill pounding, you know, after elk deer. And I, I don't know, like, uh, I guess it's just kind of hard to explain, like, the way we would hunt all these elk, you know. I, I guess it's just probably like... <laughs> you got to leave the spotlight out. No, I'm, just, <laughs> well, I'm just, just joking. No, 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 no. It's just like, I guess I hear, like, back east, you know, and I'm sure it's probably pretty common, you know, just the 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 deer pushes, you know, like they have mm-hmm. back east and yeah. thick, thick timber, you know what I'm saying? And yep. We would, uh, and this is all, like, when I'm really young, you know, kid type thing. And, you know, I'd, we'd have, you know, a swath of us, you know, a whole big family of us, and we'd all hunt the same drainages every single year. And, you know, we'd send a few of us in through the trees after, you know, elk or whatever, mm-hmm. and pop some in the trees, whatever come out. We'd have pretty much them surrounded like a tribe of Indians, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, that that was back then in Wyoming, like elk and deer season open mid October, which is kind of weird because that's like when deer migrating almost to their winter range from the yeah. high country, you know, mule deer, and it was just it's kind of mind blowing that no that we didn't get any more giant bucks throughout my whole hunting party than we did, but you know they were my my uncles and they were known for killing really big deer, you know, just using the method i explained yeah yeah you know and and it was just all because just hunting the same drainages year after year and just knowing these these deers deer escape routes you know yeah well that's i mean we didn't do too much i mean we we hunted in different ways but it was kind of similar where i grew up you know it's like you had the four or five different go-to spots that you would go to and you know whether it was like a lot of for my dad was a football coach, so we'd all and, and a teacher, so we would always like we wouldn't usually hunt the rifle seasons. We he would always hunt bow season, and you had to like pick. You couldn't, you couldn't, you know, hunt bow season and then hunt rifle season. You had to pick one or the other. Oh, okay. Um, at least that's where I remember it. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And so we do that, and I mean, there were spots we could go out sometimes before school or on the weekends, and I mean, definitely pretty, pretty weekend warrior right. type stuff compared to just the way things are up here which yeah. was, i mean it was kind of it took a while to really like settle into how you even get to where you're gonna hunt up here oh, sometimes yeah yeah still still familiar with that feeling yep so. it wasn't all you know most of the i mean all the stuff we did was just uh, get up super early from the house you know yep yeah yep. get up super early and drive out to wherever you're gonna hunt well yeah we would we would camp you know we did still like i said we were southwest is where where i lived you know, and I would hunt around there, you know, in the desert yeah. kind of area. You know, high plain desert is basically all it is. And and there actually is a unit right outside 
it's it's Rock Springs, Wyoming, my hometown, and uh, there's pretty pretty good herd of big elk out there. Some you know trophy class bulls. Well, and, so and I mean it's probably like you grew up in a place like that. You know stuff that isn't obvious to like outsiders. Right. Like there, I mean, there were spots where you would never expect to see elk oh, yeah. around where, you know, where I grew up that no. it's like, all right, well, there's elk a lot of times in this area and that area right. that no one in their right mind would ever think to look for them there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I'd, I'd say most, the general public would think that, you know, elk are timber cre- creatures, you know? Yeah. But no, they, they do well out there in, in the desert. With but, sagebrush. Yeah, and, on the sagebrush and sand, man. It's called the Red Desert, you know. Yeah, but that's a pretty coveted tag. It's pretty pretty tough to draw that one. So, yeah, uh, my wife drew that in 2019, right before we came here. So that was the last thing we we hunted. Oh man, was, was a big bull. So that was pretty cool. But, Heck yeah! Did you get to do much hunting before you came up there, or did they have like a minute? They got a minimum age in Wyoming. They do. Yeah, it's it's 12. So he was underage the whole time he lived there i mean he was you know by my side the whole whole time and a job yeah 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 you know like like i say growing up the the methods i've been explaining is just the way you know the old school way my yeah my dad and his dad you know his dad was was doing things oh yeah you know and that's just the way i did it up until you know i was like you know 16 you know got my own driver's license and that was a big moment, huh? <laughs> right. You know, just started kind of creeping away, you know, exploring my own kind of hills and learning my own kind of thing. And, you know, I have I had an older cousin, you know, he he started, you know, kind of going up into the high country. You know, like I said, we started in the foothills and, you know, we were always kind of glassing up into these peaks, you know, these 10,000 foot peaks and just kind of wondering what's up there, you know, knowing full full well you know there's deer and elk up there but we just never really hunted it yeah you know up until you know my mid-teens and that's when we all kind of just started dispersing and kind of i guess migrating up if you will and that's when i uh that's when that's just when my spark to the high country really just just mountain hunting in general just yeah just took me you know i didn't I spent most of my summers looking for deer, you know, after that point, so. Oh, yeah. No, and I, like, I moved up before I could ever really get get into that, you know. Yeah. Like, we went backpacking a little bit, and there was some, some a couple, one pretty good range, not far from, not far from where I lived, mm. and, uh, but no one, no one, I mean, unless guys had horses or something, and some of the, and would pack into some of these spots, like, no one was, back, really like, backpack hunting it. No, no, not then, yeah, and that's, that's kind of fun. My dad, you know, he, he would go up into the, the high country, you know, it was, it'd be a special trip for him to go out there, and for them guys to go out there and actually do it, they'd have, you know, pack string of horses and wall tents, and, you know, it wasn't lightweight, yeah (laughs) stuff we're we're used to now but um yeah he used to like to joke that you know he'd see people all the gear on 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 their back and he'd be sitting on his horse with a (laughs) you know with a bear in his hand but you know he started slowly changing once he started seeing big bucks big bucks at the dirt from yep (laughs) you know from the younger crowd so yeah yeah i grew up 
you know, just kind of hunting, doing that. And my, you know, my dad was a falconer. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was, you know, that was just a whole different experience to even grow up around doing, you know. he Would he catch his own birds and stuff? Yeah, he would trap them. And I I, I think he trapped one red. I Man, this is, I was, you know, even younger than Jet here, you know, and this is all going down. But I remember, you know, can't remember if he trapped his red tail or not, but, you know, he, he his best friend was a, biologist down there he had a eagle Mm -hmm. you know and um man that just i know that he that the guy with the eagle he would trap his eagles and he would trap you know hawks and you know he worked actually for the wyoming game and fish also i'm not he didn't actually wasn't on their payroll but you know worked Mm -hmm. with you know and man just going out there with them guys and watching these birds just kill you know yeah. <laughs> it was just completely awesome you know to witness and you know like my dad he would I, I that's what got me trapping you know starting to trap was going out with my dad trapping you know foxes coyotes yeah and we would we would stuff these things in a in a damn kennel and take take uh my dad's buddy's eagle and i'd let these things out of the kennel and game on for that eagle oh man even yeah for those like because i was thinking you know thinking rabbits and stuff like that but those like i've seen the videos from asia where the yeah eagles mongolian yeah yeah yeah, man it was that's got to be something else you like nail coyotes yeah yeah and it's it's a battle man and it's something like i wish i could have showed him my son here you know these these kind of memories but yeah and like i said that was just the eagle side of things i just thought that was just pretty cool to be the little kid to go out there and let these coyotes 90 percent of the time it was coyotes you know and letting them out of this yeah. dog kennel and there there that thing goes and here comes an eagle you know and sometimes the eagle would look at the coyote and the coyote would just take off man yeah you know and there goes the damn coyote <laughs> but, and then would they sometimes get like hunt like wild you know ones that hadn't been i mean they're all wild but ones that was that, that was just for training them, I'm assuming. The and eight, then they would actually, like, take them out and get coyotes with them? The wild coyotes? Yeah. Yeah, we would, yeah, we would actually call them. We'd, call we'd, them with an eagle, yeah, huh? Yeah, and the only time I was ever involved with that, man, it was the most perfect situation we could ever imagine. I was, like I said, I was a really young kid, but I still remember, you know, setting up coyote call stand, and, you know, it wasn't too long, you know, oh here comes here comes coyote oh man there's two you know yeah this is gonna be awesome you know had had the eagle up on up on the perch or i, I don't know when the perch it was like you know fence post or whatever yep and um here comes these damn coyotes and not one of us have a gun we have an eagle <laughs> and uh <laughs> these coyotes come about 10 yards from us and just you know what trot right by get wind of us and there they go that, that eagle didn't even give a damn <laughs> yeah so. at, the, at a certain point you gotta yeah that that eagle's gotta yeah. decide whether or not it wants to wants to participate but no i'd never even heard of doing that that's awesome yeah if that, there if there's one thing i really miss about at least i don't know it's not the same now but when I was a kid in Colorado, I was hunt, hunting coyotes. That, yeah. was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And you can do, I mean, you can do some predator hunting up here, but it's not, it's not the, not the same. Right. You don't have 
near the density of them. I mean, I've tried. Yeah. And some guys can do pretty good at it, but pretty good at it up here right. is not the same as pretty good down there. Right. Yeah, I've spent my fair share of time out in the out in the boonies out here, and I've only seen one coyote so far. You know? Yeah. I think I've seen three wolves, and yeah, only only one coyote. So. Yeah. No, it's it. You know, like I said, some guys, or if you get you get pockets of cats, or mm-hmm. you know, good you know areas where I mean, which is a big difference up here compared to a lot of the places I've you know I've been in lower forty eight is that's just pockets of critters. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there might be a pack of coyotes in this area, and then there might not be another pack for twenty miles. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. Sh- in Wyoming, man, them things just seem to be everywhere. Everywhere, you know. And it was, it was a, you know, it's obviously a. Uh, what the hell am I? Feaster family, you know. Yeah. You got, the coyotes are there. They're there, and when they're not, they're not. You know, it's like the old natural selection kind of deal. Yeah. But uh. Well, and then you know, it's like when I was in Alberta. Yeah, last not last month, I mean, there was wolf tracks everywhere i mean and and i mean i shot one the first which doesn't necessarily mean anything because it's just kind of dumb luck too mm-hmm. but right, there was a lot of wolf sign i mean wolves and coyotes just uh-huh. couldn't believe how how just dense it seemed to be right whereas i mean and, and that kind of jived with the last time i had been to alberta in november hunting deer or i ended up hunting deer you know every cut line had wolf tracks on it and mm-hmm. i think there's just a lot more food the food's a lot more dense there you know you don't have a lot of like real dry like barren kind of country right but uh yeah yeah because you can't have everything no no <laughs> no yeah i'm kyle that's sure a good way to become a good mark marksman man yeah Just, for sure you know, that coyote calling it took my dad it took my dad and i about it because about a year or a whole season to really get good at calling them in and start killing them mm-hmm. we missed so many of them yeah I mean, and, and I mean, wolf, like wolves are the same thing on a bait. Like some things don't hold still. You're not shooting at a very big target, and there's a big difference between calling something in and getting it killed. <laughs> right, man, that'd be awesome. But yeah, they were all on your wolves. They're all on bait. Yeah. Okay. Which up here would be a waste of time right. for the most part, just I mean, because how scattered everything yeah, is. You know, like there's always exceptions, I'm sure. Mm. But generally speaking, at least from my experience, when you're you know, you're running a trap line, like, you may get one crack. There's, area, you know, areas with more wolves, areas with less, areas with, you know, you, you find a kill. Everything's a little different, but kind of the re- regular operation, you know, when I was mart trapping was you get a pack, this pack of wolves would come through once every two weeks or mm-hmm. not, uh, two months. Yeah. You know, every yeah. six weeks, six to eight weeks, they would come through and you get one crack at them. Right. Yeah. And most of the time they would step like, you know, they'd cross the trail here or jump off the trail there or just do something frustrating or step all over everywhere but right where you wanted them to unless it had thawed out and, and rained and froze and jammed up your pans. Right. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, pretty – I was pretty blown away that it actually does work down there to use baits. And those wolves will keep coming to them and even during the daytime. Even after you're popping one after another, huh? Yeah, I mean, I – you know, the ones I – the ones I shot shot up, I think the second shots I got were just because those two were wanting to circle back around. Mm-hmm. 
and get linked back up with their pack. But talking to some guys who do it a lot down there, they say like, yeah, like it's 50-50 the next day. A lot of times they'll come back. I'll be down. Or and, different ones will come back. And that's just because how thick they are down there? Like, I, that's all I can assume. No. I mean, it doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. Right. You yeah. know. That's crazy. Those stupid critters up here. Like, I, I mean, I would, if something happened and I got like a shot at a pack of them on a bait here, I would expect that they would never come within a mile of that place yeah, ever again. Right. All right. <laughs> but. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, you, uh, you got up here. What's, what would you say are some of the, like, is there anything that really like shocked you once you got up here mm. that you weren't expecting or was there everything kind of. Well, More I mean, or less. Like I say, like, like you and I were talking before I moved up here, man, like your podcast, you know, like yeah. I've always been a great fan of this this podcast, and you've been a heck of a help when I was reaching out to you even before I moved up here, you know, and, but no, I was doing a lot of research, and even before we moved up here, I think it was 2000, man, I think it was like 2015 or 16, it, it was right in there somewhere. Yep. I actually... You know, I brought up the fact, you know, of moving to Alaska to my wife, and she was like, oh, you know, you can go ahead and tr- <laughs> you can try. Put some apps out there, you know, and I, you know, I did, and right away, you know, I pretty much got, got an interview, got a job. Nice. And, uh, well, I got a job offer, I should say, and, you know, that's when it became real for the wife, you know? Yeah. And, you know, we have all our family down there. It's just, you know, she lived in we lived in different towns, but these towns are, you know, 11 miles apart. Mm-hmm. All of our families down there. And at that time she, you know, we just basically got cold feet and, you know, just didn't, didn't pull the, pull the hammer right then. Pull well, that's tough, man. Like, I mean, we had my, my two of my dad's brothers lived up already. were still living up here mm-hmm. when we moved, but I mean, yeah, a lot of family down there and like, yeah you're in a place where that you like yeah you grew up and you like and you know everybody and like it's it's a big right big step yeah and it's a yeah and so yeah like i say we that you know that came and gone and then after i turned that down that job down i you know alaska was just completely always in the back of my mind you know about coming up here you know and i've always you know looked on the Alaska Fishing Game website, you know, at the regs, and first of all, was completely blown away by, you know, overwhelmed by the yeah. re- regulations. But yeah. when I looked into them, I was like, what in the, you know, what in the hell is going on? But, you know, after getting used to them, you know, they're actually damn, damn good regs. Yeah. You, you know, it's, it's really nothing you, it's all there, you know, mm-hmm. any bit of information you need. So, um, yeah, the only only thing I can say is to when I moved up here, I figured there would be at least something that was a little easier accessibility wise. You know what I mean? Yeah. As far as hunting and you know, I I knew the forty mile caribou hunt and I knew what kind of you know shit show that was going to be, and I something I wanted nothing to do with. You know, that's yeah the reason I started high country muley hunting in Wyoming mm-hmm. you know, was just to get away from people. Because you know, that kind of that kind of deal does happen during a lot of those rifle seasons, and oh yeah, especially during you know you get them elk coming, yeah. you know, coming out of the high country and firing squad, just like yeah. <laughs> you know up here at the forty mile. But 
yeah, just the, you know, I figured there'd be a lot more, just a little more access than what there is, you know. There's really nothing that blew me away as far as there's stuff that keeps blowing me away. That, yeah. You know, that keeps, I keep falling in love more and more with Alaska. Yeah. You know. I it's told, just different. It's just different. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like I say, it's just, it's from when I started mule, you know, really concentrating on, you know, wanting to kill big deer, you know, trophy muleys, you know, I was, you know, this is right at the beginning of social media, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, right at the beginning of, you know, even all the lightweight, all the lightweight gear, right? Yeah. You know, and, and not to say that I wasn't one that wasn't using all the lightweight gear, but there definitely was less people in the mountains. Like I noticed in probably a five, six years difference, probably from like 2000, probably from the time these got 2009-ish to, you know, 2015, 2016, where like there was one, yeah, like you would just see you would go to a basin where I'd never see people, you know, and there'd just be people everywhere, you know. And it's all, I, I blame it all on social media, but of course everybody does. Yeah, and yeah. it's, you know, and it's like, yeah, sometimes, you know, we got, we being, you know, I'm sure being part, like, a, you know, I like you tell people about, like, sheep hunting, how much you like sheep hunting, how cool it is, people want to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no. Which, you know, I mean, that's... Fair's yeah. fair and for whatever whatever responsibility I try to not I try to not burn any any spots for, for sure. Yeah. And kinda, you know, there's a degree where everyone everyone should just kind you know, kinda has to figure it out themselves. Figure it out for themselves. Yeah, um, yeah, you're damn right. And yeah, it's it's like there's only so much country down there. You know, mm-hmm. it's and there's mainly a you know, these are ten thousand foot peaks and they are a bitch to get to, you know, it's not easy. You know, yeah. and but there are you know, roads that are not far from them. Yeah. Nothing's far compared comparatively to up here, you know, unless you're hunting up in like Nord, you know, towards the park. Yeah. You know, if I had ever, I never drew a elk tag up there. That was one reason I wanted to, you know, this is all Dubois area. This is all up right by Yellowstone park. Mm -hmm. I wanted to hunt some elk up in there, but I never drew that tag. But, uh, yeah, but I can't remember where the hell I was going with that. I was just getting away from people or oh, yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, so, yeah, just getting away from the crowd, and it's just like the Wyoming range, it's like there's, it's just getting flooded, you know, and, and it's social media, it's, it's, you know, I won't say which particular magazine or you know, <laughs> journals in particular that, you know, just goes ahead and <laughs> names. <Yeah. laughs> just goes ahead and names peaks for people, you know, and then all of a sudden you got everybody in Salt Lake City, you know, on a trailhead. So, and it's just like, man, what a shame, you know. But, so, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's interesting. Like, I, I, you know, some of the spots I like to, hunt sheep you know like do they get people people get in there and but it's also like it, it'd be interesting to see long term like how cyclical it's going to be because you, you know i mean from talking to my uncles in the 80s talking about specifically outfitting in certain areas for sheep where like up oh, it would get 
you know, that this is over like a 30 year period, you know, my uncle's hunting, hunting some of these areas. Like, yeah, it'd get really good. And then an outfitter would move in there and kill every legal ram they could find for three years. And then there'd be nothing really, mm-hmm. not that there's nothing left, but just that as far as huntable, like legal rams, All right. for example, in, in an area, you know, that just would be pretty burnt out and they move on and then that slows down. And I mean, I've, I've seen a little bit of that, like, some years it seems like there's people everywhere in certain areas and then right. which which i think in a way you know for the experience of sheep hunting you know maybe like having a few bum years here is not going to be the worst thing right like i'm not necessarily super worried about the overall sheep population because it's i mean you had a couple bad really bad winters and mm-hmm. weather beats them down it's not the hunting you know yeah. i'm still going to go hunting even if i don't see even right. if I don't see one to shoot, I'm already getting plenty used to not shooting one. So, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's just I don't know. It's it's something I I wanted to move to Alaska for just just for that. You know, they call it the last frontier. You know, and it truly is. You can yeah. you can go out there and get away from people. You know, and a, a lot easier than you can where I'm from. You know. And, it's just, I don't want to say I, you know, I left just because of that, you know, but, you know, it's, I just got sick of, you know, how many people were in, you know, you know the old stomping grounds I'm used yeah. to, you know, and, you know, when people, when, when deer, you know, certain deer getting nicknamed drama, you know, and yeah. stuff, <laughs> stuff like that. It's like, man, where, where are we going? I've been watching that deer for two months. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> where are we going with this, you know? And, but yeah i know i know what you mean and there and there's i mean there's there's so the cool thing i I, that i like about up here is there's so much stuff that you can always have on the back burner that would be cool to do someday that are like realistic i mean nothing's really necessarily cheap or easy to do and access up here but right like there's some grizzly bear hunting spots that like i know no one really hunts grizzly bears in and they're just crawling with them it's just like, yeah, it's like it's going to take like a sheep hunting level of, or, you know, like Commitment. a trip right. level of planning and, and whatnot to do it. And, yeah. you know, in some ways we're spoiled because I like, like, I like hunting grizzlies on bait. I think it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I need to go back. I need to go back down to the coast and shoot another brown bear. Um, cause do. that's a lot of fun too, but it's like, you know, it's like, why well, I, I try to avoid shooting them in the fall. Right. I don't really want to shoot one in the fall if I don't have to because I like hunting them in the spring. Uh-huh. But that's just an example where there's plenty of fall spot and stock grizzly hunts up in the mountains. Yeah. You know, or spring or for spring. that matter. Yeah. yeah you know, there's all kinds of different stuff. Right. That you can always have on the back burner, not just sheep hunting or moose hunting or yeah. or whatever. Absolutely. Or in, you know, yeah. Fishing. Fishing, yeah. <laughs> Which fishing is day. When I was a little kid, I was, I was, I think I, if I remember correctly, could be wrong, but I think I switched back and forth between fishing and hunting, like depending on what season it was. Uh-huh. You know, I was so stupidly obsessed with fishing that I'd be out like casting in the, the street in front of our house would flood every big rainstorm, and I'd be out there like casting my fishing pole, uh-huh. just practice, just practicing. <laughs> you know, like four years old oh, yeah. just obsessed with it and the fish the ironic thing is the fishing was horrible in colorado <laughs> just, just awful right um 
But yeah, I don't fish all that much up here, but I like it. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I've never been much of a fisherman, man. Like, like a, I've always just been completely obsessed with you know hunting, and you know I I love fishing, I enjoy it, but I, I'm I don't care to do it all that much. I, You're not going to plan a bunch of big fishing trips, <laughs> right? You know exactly, and you know I've done my fair share up here, and I've done the old dip net and thing down at Chitna, you know, and that ain't that's catching. Obviously, yeah, but, um, when it's catching when they're running, yeah. <laughs> it's boring when they're not. When they're not, which know. is funny because I like. In fact, I know 2006 was the last time I've been dip netting. Oh, really? It was a long time ago. Yeah, no I just just haven't gone. My dad always goes, and then my wife my wife had to eat so much salmon growing up as a kid. You know, when she was growing up, that she doesn't. I mean, we like I like it smoked, but doesn't really care to just eat it for eat it all the time, which is kind of a spoiled place to be when, right. you know, I mean, sockeyes are, are pretty damn good fish. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of funny you mentioned that because after I got a freezer full of salmon is when I realized that, you know, I, I think I like trout a little more than salmon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I'd rather a little pan-fried pan brookie, you know. I did like those growing up, man. Yeah. Or cutthroats were my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I I love trout, man. I I think I'd take trout over salmon. So, but, yeah. Heck yeah. Did uh, Do you have any like real cool experiences guiding or packing? Being a slave? Being a slave this year? Yeah, man. Like every one of my hunts were were. Awesome. I mean, we had you know kick ass clients and. Nice. You know, the outfitter I work for, they, you know, they hired good guides and, you know, I showed up probably a little more than, you know, I'm 34 years old. I don't know when people usually start packing, but. A little, little before that yeah. usually, <laughs> little, which, yeah, I meant to ask you, I meant to ask you how old, how old you were. Yeah. Yeah. So we're about the same age. Right. Yeah. I'm a couple of years older. Oh, but. Okay. Yeah. I figured we were right, right in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, I don't think there's too many and. But like, like I said, I don't think there's too many that show up with the level of experience and, and you know, and the gear. Yeah. Know, the gear and the savvy. You know, I showed up with, you know, my spot, you know, everything I would for a regular hunt. Mm -hmm. you know, my spot or my tent and everything. You know, the guide said, you know, you, you don't take that spotter out of your pack, you know. Yeah. You know, you can kiss my ass. You yeah. Know? <laughs> there ain't no way. You know, I'll pack a little, little more. A little than extra, yeah. But. No, well, I mean, I imagine most most guys are probably. I mean, you're really, you know, most guys are really green when you start packing. Yeah, and it's, I mean, and that's part of like how you learn is getting thrust out in there and doing it. Right. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it sounded like you were already yeah. definitely a little more prepared to like kind of enjoy the experience. I, I have thought that being a packer would be a little less stressful than being an assistant guide. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, I'll, I'll follow you guys around. I'll carry your shit. Yep. And That's it. I don't have it, to No do pressure it. on me to get an animal because if we don't, I don't have to carry it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And then, well, yeah, and then I had to, you know, and then there's the, I could take off anywhere I want, you know, by myself. And then, you know, guides have to be right there with the client. Yep. And, you know, our first client was actually s Swedish. And, you know, he, he didn't, he spoke real broken English. Yeah. You know, he's a real cool guy. You know, but, um, you know, with that, the guide, you know, basically has to hover him, you mm -hmm. know, and that's just something I'm going to have to 
get used to going forward you know, being a, being a guide but yeah fuck being a packer you can just you know skip around doing, yeah. doing anything you want to <laughs> do but. did you guys get any like notable some pretty cool i think i've seen some you post some pictures of some moose and yeah, stuff yeah, like that yeah we got a decent that that swedish guy got you know i think he's i think it was like a 53 inch bowl or something like that it was it was nice bowl for you know him yeah we've seen a a monster of a bull you know close to 70 inches you know before this and it just didn't work out with with him and you know that we just couldn't get up to that bull and uh that that guy ended up killing a 53 inch bull you know it's a pretty nice one heck yeah so we got that hunt off situated all wrapped up and we flew out of that location flew down the peninsula even further and got us a new hunter and yeah we hunted three days with him and he ended up shooting a pretty good bull 65 inch bull nice and yeah it was down on the peninsula man just <laughs> loving light you know and just watching moose all day long just you know we found us a good perch on on this particular spot and these bulls are just moving through every day you know we're nice and that's a great thing about that outfit i'm i got on with is just you know it's all federal concessions and it's all you know ex- exclusive guide use area yeah so you're not just beating your head against the wall with 15 outfitters hunting the same right. hunting the same moose yeah or you know barely even have to worry about res i mean you can have residents down there but i mean few and far between probably yeah well the more i mean just the more remote you get which is in some ways i mean it's just nice to be able to get away from people whether you're an outfitter or a resident but and you know as expensive as stuff is especially for moose hunting man it's it's not it's not it's no small thing to go flying way off into some of these areas for for moose and right you know and i think even even as far as like outfitting costs go you know, you see people chirping online, oh, no way a sheep hunt should cost that much. I'm like, well, I mean, I know for private guys flying to this spot or that spot, you know, right. it's going to cost you 5000 per person. Per person, yeah. Or, you know, 8000 if you want to, you know, or whatever it is, and just something absurd to, you know, if you're going to go by your, you know, if you're a hunter on your own going, going to your guide camp, I mean, like, the charters ain't cheap. No, and that's, like, most time, that's not, I mean, I... I'm not positive, but most of the time you got to pay more once you get something. Yeah, yeah, that, for you know, you know well, moose especially. Yeah, right. for for an extra flight out, like the stuff stuff isn't, and that's I mean that's one thing that is pretty. I don't know, kind of. Dis- I'm sure it's discouraging as shit to a lot of people. Just the expense of access, and you know, I mean, I'm sure some people are, you know, some people work that to their advantage or. You know, you get you get you get all sorts, all sorts of people, whether it's outfitters or right. residents. You know, people that you know, if, if you if you have access, you know, you're one of the lucky ones. Right. And it just you know, it's just it's kind of disheartening sometimes to see like the per, how how expensive getting out into some of this country is is becoming. You know, it's mm-hmm. definitely pricing pricing some people out of it. But. Yeah, for sure, and yeah, yeah, I'm glad I. Yeah, another reason. It's also nice that you nice that you you were in a spot where you could like get up in glass and look yeah. for moose. <laughs> yeah, down there for sure. Yeah, yeah, we just found had a nice little perch and it was it was nice, you know, a, a hill above, you know, pretty good drainage. So, I, I mean, it was just a, I guess a, 
a knob, you know. Yeah. Just out in the out in the flats. Yeah. Know, just nothing but swamp all around us. But they actually call it River River City right there. So. Oh. <laughs> but, nice. Do you yeah. see was see see like a lot of good bulls? Yeah. I mean, we've seen quite a few. You know, real good ones. The biggest bull we've seen on that trip actually snapped his down. I've never. I can't imagine the force it would take, but completely snapped his his right. I think it was his. That was his left paddle. Jeez. So snapped his left paddle off at his main beam, man. Jeez. I mean, down at his base, you know. And it's like, oh, like the amount Yeah, of some of the force. big bulls, man. That's Oh, yeah, this is the biggest bull I think I've seen all all guiding trip. Jeez. And he just had one horn. and But the other one was snapped, you know, like he had probably about a foot hanging out. <laughs> and I was like, damn, man. But the guide, you know, the guide is sitting there looking at the size of this bull and he's talking to the client. He's like, like man, that one looks really good. That's a yeah, it's a good yeah. bull, you know. Man, it, it took a while for them to decide if they should even shoot this damn thing, but client client turned them down. So yeah, well, and it, yeah, and it's funny, and I mean, like every you gotta, that's just something you're gonna deal with, you know. Being a guide is, you know, clients got their expectation of what they want, which it, it reminds me of one time, um, Steve Hollenbeck and I mm-hmm. had been hunting, and we got it actually. I killed that ram. We killed two two rams that were running together. Okay. I killed that ram, and he killed one that was a little bit bigger than that one. And uh, both tipped out. You know, they're nice rams. Right. But yeah. we got, got back, and we're kind of sharing an airstrip with an outfitter. Oh, okay. And uh, he brought his clients back in, you know, uh, like an old guy and his wife. And they both killed, like, massive double broom sheep like real nice rams and we're just you know they had kind of brought them over or we i can't remember if we went and looked at them and it was just like man those are nice rams and they uh-huh. come over oh i wish we would have gotten rams like these it's like well i'll trade you, dude. <laughs> yeah, you can like those them. ones are <laughs> you know it's all kind of in the eye of the beholder right. i guess but, oh yeah which i don't know i like them all i like tipped rams i like heavy broken ones yeah you know. i mean i i can't imagine that like in that guy's position, you know, like, I don't know. I'd, I'd be like, man, this is really, he would be really big if he had both his antlers. Right. It's just like, I can't. You know, that guy's like, I don't care if it's a, you know, if it's an old, mature, you know, an old moose or whatever. Right. You know. No, that's, yeah, no, he was definitely considering taking it. Like, he, he asked me, you know, he's like, what would you do? And I, was, I told him, you know. It's like, I, I would like, have already shot the thing. <laughs> no, I, I told him I wouldn't know. Yeah. You know, I told him personally, you know, you know, I'd, you pay for a hunt that you want to, you know, get what you. Yeah, shoot the moose you want to shoot. You know, and if that's not a trophy in your eyes, you know, he probably was a trophy maybe a couple of days ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but he still is an old moose. You yeah. Know? There is the that aspect of things you know but no that's pretty that's pretty no that's pretty cool it'd just be kind of hard for me to like i guarantee i i, I told it to him like this just because i he knew that i was an avid muley freak you know yeah that uh i was just like i i guarantee you if i seen a deer that i knew was 200 inches you know and he had his had his antler Antler snapped off i wouldn't there's no head yeah you know but no, and that's yeah, and that's a good way to look at it too. But yeah, yeah, and he ended up, you know, he ended up passing that one. That, and it was just the very next day, he ended up shooting that sixty-five inch bull. Heck so, yeah, that's bigger than any moose I've ever killed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas yeah. me, it's more of the yeah, like oh, 
too bad you would have been a big one next year. Kaboom, I got to <laughs> feed my kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Man, and things are delicious. But yeah, that's that was cool. Was, we were able to, doing that, they donate all their meat, you know, so I was able to come up here with nice. quite a bit of moose meat. Yeah, that's another, yeah, that's another benefit if you're, if you're working moose season and can bring some meat home, man, that stuff's good. Absolutely. Um, I'm running pretty, pretty low. We need to. I, I have to kill one this year. Yeah, just <laughs> I'm not going to just, well, uh, yeah, I, I, I need to get a de- decent, decent, so I'd like to get a decent one, but uh-huh. I'm, it sucks because I'm never in a point where I can not, where I can, can be a little bit picky mm-hmm. or, I don't know, maybe I need to be able to be really picky because I'm typically not very picky, just I get get a little wound up. Right. But, uh, then come up with an excuse to shoot them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I could see that with moose, and that's, you know, comparatively, that's really like how I was at towards elk. You know? Yeah. yeah. Elk just was what we survived off of, you know, especially once, you know, I got out on my own and had, had kids and stuff. You know, that's yeah. all, all we eat now, obviously, is wild game. And, you know, as, elk, as an elk hunter, you know, I I don't even know how many elk I've killed, but I probably only killed one one six-point bowl yeah you know there hasn't been any trophy bowls in in my collection so yep the spoon and pot the spoon and crock pot club (laughs) but no that like i said my wife drew that bowl tag and she she killed that real big bowl nice it's a 350 inch bowl that's a good one yeah from what i understand yeah and it's yeah he was there and my dad you know it was a great great time and but yeah that's all that's all I did was just eat elk, you know. So if it was brown, it was down. Yeah, well, yeah. and it's a nice, you know, a nice thing being up here. Like we got the if you you get out and after it, you know, you can pretty much just as far as your meat goes, just eat wild game, you know. Right. Even yeah. though we're a little getting a little low on moose, we've been, <laughs> been eating on eating whitetail. Yeah. Lately, which is funny because you know we'll like cook up whitetail roasts and stuff and i could it's good but i can tell the difference between yeah. that and like a good old moose roast yeah i imagine i've and i've heard whitetail is real good and i've i've never tried whitetail yeah it's like it's it's good it's not it's a little different like finer grained meat than a moose mm-hmm. i would say yeah okay yeah and all eats good even even black bears are right, right. you know which i'd got a whole freezer full of it i need to make into so- summer sausage here cool quickly yeah Make room for this year. Breakfast sausage, sausage, all that stuff. Out of- I probably should. I haven't. I mean, I'm kind of paranoid with blackberry. Like, I've just been doing smoked sausage where I can temperature check it all. Mm. Which, I mean, I don't know. That's just being paranoid. I'm sure it would make fine. I probably ought to make some breakfast sausage out of it and just cook it real good. Yeah. Um, but no, like that. I got a meat mixer now and meat mixer and a sausage stuffer and those big, you know, three pound summer sausage the roll the mixers yeah well the uh i was saying the the whatever kits i get i'm too i'm too lazy to like come up with my own recipe or anything yeah, but yeah. i you know get the sausage kits and it's like three pound logs oh yeah that i can just yep. stuff in there and and throw them on the smoker and yeah, well. you know i take you know i can do like i think i could probably smoke like 60 pounds of them in a day oh sweet a long day but oh yeah um you know, that. once they're good, then it's all all good good snack and food, and it's already cooked and yeah. temp checked and oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Plenty more stuff to do. Yeah. I just been been shooting a lot of pistols lately. Uh, that's what I seen on your old Instagram lately. You peppered up a target the other day, huh? Yeah. And that yeah, I, that that gun which I just wrote the review on that gun, man, that gun, I'll have to show you that one after it's pretty so, so pretty sure, nice. Yeah. Pretty nice, man. I, I uh I'm probably gonna have to sell a couple guns because that one's not getting sent back. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but yeah, and you're do you ever do you do any competitive shooting? Uh, I used to. I haven't lately. I I would like to get. I don't have. I just don't have the time to like dive full into it like I would like to. You know, back before I was married and had kids. You know, I I shot. I was always doing some kind of competitive shooting. I'd shot service rifle for several years, like six or seven years and then uh which is um like well i started out with an m14 and then a uh ar-15 but like military rifle like it, it le- now you can use certain magnif- like four power scopes i think but there's certain rules but you could only use at the time you could only use iron sights like as issued stuff um uh it, and you'd shoot at 200 300 and 600 yards mm-hmm. And I did that for a lot of years, and then I and uh, it kind of at the same time I did some like competitive pistol stuff locally, nothing nothing major, but um, I did quite a bit of it, and then kind of switched over to doing like mostly like three D you know archery stuff with the local club, and right. you know, did that a lot for a few years, and mm-hmm. haven't really done any competitive shooting lately. Just time, kids, as you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all too well. Yeah. So yeah, man, that, that moose hunt. I mean, that was that was great. We we finished that moose hunt up, and I came back from that moose hunt. You know, I was them two moose hunts was you know all of September. Yeah. I was I was down there on the peninsula all of September, and came back up to Fairbanks, and me and Jet here we we took a little caribou hunt. You know, Jet went out and shot his first Heck yeah. caribou. That was pretty. How'd that pretty go slick. down, Jet? Uh, basically, we we spotted them, and then my dad told me that they're probably going to be in this drainage or like bowl area, and they'll come up over and they'll start side hilling mm-hmm. to another ridge. So then we drove up there, and then these group of hunters got their caribou and they were just telling us that they'll do it again and so we started going down this ridge that they were going to cross so then we'll kind of head them off mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then what 300 yards or 200 oh it was 300 300 yeah we we're going there below us and he just told me which one to shoot and then i just shot it it was a double lung and he went down Told me to f- my dad told me to fire another one. I missed right over its back, but another like ten yards later, it dropped. Heck yeah! Yeah, yeah, that was that was a good deal, man. Yeah, I I came back from guiding, and you know, I just that was right when the old forty mile came back up to this side of the. Yep, yep. Know, I was those right that last you last little bit of the season. Yeah, and uh, that's what I was waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> so I, him and I, man, I don't think I think we left Fairbanks and noon you know it was the same thing when i took my i took my son the last day of the season and oh was, was like, it I yeah mean, was it the, last? the 30th 30th, is the, 30th yeah. so same day yeah same day 
Yeah. Yep. So yeah, we, yeah, like like Jack Jet said, we. I mean, there was caribou. Quite. I mean, I was glassing caribou all over the place. Right when I got up to where I wanted to get yeah. to, there was an old boy sitting up there. Oh, there's a herd over there, but I ain't gonna dick with him, you know. <laughs> so I was. That's when me and Jet were sitting there and just kind of watching that herd, you know. And I was trying to pick, see if there was any decent bulls in there because I wanted to get him a mature bull, yeah. first, first animal, you know. And, I know forty mile herd probably ain't the best place to do that during this time. But. Yeah, dude, you never, you never know that man. Like, they're like they do. Come there's through. good bulls running around all over the place, and yeah. they're just you know kind of. Oh yeah, you see them getting pulled out of the middle, you know. Yeah, of that migration, which I'm sure as you guys were driving up there about the same time we were yeah. that day. You oh, know, yeah. I was telling us up oh, there's. There's guys track. are coming back. You know, there's some some around. It took us a long time to get into any, but um, yeah. we did. Yeah, yeah, we uh, yeah we got up there and you know hopped on the four wheeler. Yeah, we as we seen that herd, you know, glassed up a few more, and I knew these damn things were just gonna, as caribou do, you know, work down a ridge and probably keep heading the same way they are moving. Yeah, and I just you know, good old head off maneuver, and right when I right when I got to where I wanted to head them off, some old some. Some pretty cool dudes, you know. They came up out out of the bottom with caribou on their four wheelers, you know, mobbing up, and you know, I'm like, I'm just standing there, just waiting for some caribou to come, you know. I'm glass and glass and glass, and that guy's like, guy rolls up, he says, "Well, I got a guy coming, coming. He he hasn't shot a caribou yet, you know." And I was like, "Well, there's, I think there's some coming." And right about then, Jet, Dad, 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 and the caribou, are, you know, they're coming right below us. So Jet and I, you know, we just, like you said, we just hopped off four-wheeler and, you know, just kind of paralleled them down that ridge and set Jet up on the old pack and, you know, 315 with the old 270. Nice. Smoked him. And, yeah, I was, couldn't ask for anything better. And then, yeah, when he shot that bull, it was the biggest bull. I think there was three or four more bulls and some mm-hmm. cows. They all turned around and me and Jet here, well, I... We just kind of herded another bull right up to them other guys, and they ended up popping another bull. So that was pretty cool. Heck yeah! Well, that's you know that, and the way it, the way it worked out this year was kind of like that's tolerable. Like I don't mind going up there and shooting right. a caribou. You know when it's it it seems like when it when when the season stays open and there's not some big mad brush to get up there yeah. in two days and right. All sort of foolishness, but uh yeah, I, I I know it was. I guess it was. Yeah, it was last year before last. Was it last year, or first year? Yeah, yeah, we were out. You know, that was that was when I got the full effect of the, yeah. the forty mile caribou, <laughs> the bullshit that I don't want want anything to do with. But yeah, there was there was enough people out there. So yeah. It's like I don't mind. I don't mind, you know, seeing other people. It's just if it's right, if it's like the full force opener, yeah. I got no no yeah. interest. Yeah, no, me neither, man. I think one time I was, one time I was sitting on a hilltop, pretty high, and I could see I could see along and every single bear ridge line I could see had four wheelers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you know that's definitely. I definitely know Which that. it's kind of mind blowing to think of like how much that like 
that people can get all over that country, right. you know. It's pretty pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, I like mean. cockroaches, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, but they're, that being said, there's only so much country they can get to, mm-hmm. you know, and then they're rivered out or whatever, you know, that's that's the problem. You know, that's why you have them swaths. Yeah. But heck yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I was, you know, it was definitely my, obviously, as a father, you want to see that in your son. It was definitely my most proud moment as as far as hunting goes, you know. Couldn't ask for a better shot, you know. I, I told him to follow up with a second shot, but he didn't didn't even need it. Yep, it's never a bad idea to shoot him again. <laughs> no, no, well, you know, I, I knew it was a decent shot, you know, because, you know, Bolden, you know, I knew he was hit good. He didn't, yeah. he didn't draw, you know, he just, you know, you know, the old hunch maneuver. Yep. And, but it is 270, and I think I was shooting them SSTs, you know, decent bullet. And I was like, well, you know, just put another one in. Yep. Fuck, shoot them, shoot which, them those, which is funny. Some people give them SSTs a bad rap. They're good bullets. Yeah. They, I don't know, you know, people say they've, I've heard people say, oh, they'll blow up. I mean, I've shot moose with them, like. Things don't blow up. The SST is a, it's not a bonded bullet, but it's got like kind of like the Remington core locks have like the, the, the jacket that has a, called mechanically fastened. There's like a little copper rib there in the hole to hold the lead in. Well, the SST has two of them. Oh, that's, oh, okay. So um, it's like double hooked. Yeah. It's like double hooked yeah. in there. I mean, you know, if you vaporize something at point blank, you know, right in the shoulder, you might, uh, even that. Yeah, I think some of that stuff's a little overblown, but right. good bullets. Yeah, good yeah, shot. Yeah, that's all I've ever shot out of that two seventy. You didn't scope yourself, did you? No, no. Good. <laughs> oh, that, that My first moose, I scoped myself bad. It's oh, the only yeah. time I've ever, I've ever, you know. Usually, you know, it, it might happen to you yet. Yeah, it's happened to, happened to me once, bad, my, and then I learned. That's funny. <laughs> my first, my first deer, I. Gashed my forehead pretty good, but yeah, yeah. It's that moose that's still the biggest one I've ever killed, <laughs> hanging hanging around, you know, on the wall back outside my office here. <laughs> oh, cool, cool, man. Yeah, I scoped myself my first first buck also, but that is definitely not my first time. You know, I, my first buck was a you know, I shot with three hundred win mag. You know. <laughs> still have that damn gun. But, yeah. Nice. What what kind of rifle is it? This is a Man, this this gun my dad got a long time ago, you know, from Safeway, I believe he said. And it's a it's a Browning. I'd, nice. I believe Howenbeck said he he checked it out because I wanted him to rebarrel it. Yeah. And he told me that uh, it was it had a Weatherby action. This is when Browning and Weatherby. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they were kind of merged. So this thing has like a wet Weatherby action, but it's Browning. It's like a Weatherby lug pattern or Weatherby lug style or something. Interesting. I, I'll have I'd have to look into yeah, exactly what was going on there. Well, and I know like sometimes for a time before the Mark Fives, Weatherby used different actions for their rifles too. Oh, okay. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to dig yeah. into that. That's interesting though. Yeah, it's a Browning, and I I know it's not. I I'm pretty sure it's not Nable, but it's old. But it, man, it's a sweet action. I don't want to get rid of the action. But yeah, like yeah I'd almost be ashamed to rebarrel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> rebarrel that thing. Just get another gun. Right. 
That's probably what Steve told you, huh? Is just get another gun. Yeah, yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. What'd you What'd you end up with? I just bought a seven. Actually, I just bought a seven mag right off of Steve. Right, pretty much right after that. You know, Steve had one that he was willing to sell. Nice, you know, a stainless one. I just basically wanted a stainless gun just for this last guiding season, and you know, I figured seven mag. Seven mag's a good gun. You know, yeah, I wasn't. You know, I'm obviously if I was out to go bear hunting or something i'd want well, i mean if you were if you were like guiding coastal brown bear hunters yeah then you'd probably want something a little bigger than yeah, that but right i would hunt brown bears with a seven mag no right. problem you know i wasn't i wasn't scared you know i'd rather that seven mag on my shoulder than any pistol than a 40 yeah, yeah. <laughs> which that i mean that's it's so funny and i i mean part of my job is to dive in way more than i need to be in all these this stuff i mean like i like a 10 mil just because a pistol's a pistol right yeah and and it shoots a lot you know yeah and like uh i mean everybody like some people just like whatever makes you feel good ultimately i guess but <laughs> like a four you know i'd rather have a 30 30 than a 44 right. as far you know it's like all right you get to pick when <laughs> as long as we have control over the situation we get to pick our situation you right. know yeah you know, I mean, they're if, just they're just a rifle is way any rifle is way more gun. Right, and if it was up to me, I'd rather have the whole swath, you know, the whole array if I needed it. You know, I'd yeah, I'd rather have a gun, a a, a rifle, pistol, than you know, bear spray. You know, that, there's nothing wrong with two that. pistols. Yeah, two <laughs> pistols. <laughs> I don't know if we I I think we talked about it on the podcast one time. Me and me and Frank, I think it was last summer. We're at a boat launch and seeing this dude walking with like. He literally had a revolver on each hip and a draw, like a leg holster with another pistol. <laughs> it's like, no. holy shit, man. I don't know what, I don't know what, <laughs> like, we, I feel undergunned all of a sudden. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's crazy. No, I, I definitely wanted a pistol. You know, I, I have a 44 mag that's a, you know, just a hog, you know, mm -hmm. 12 inch barrel, but. You know, I thought about picking one it's up. It's like before. an Elmer Keith special there, man. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, actually, that's a U.S. Arms. That's Interesting. A, a pretty cool old-ass pistol my dad nice. gave me, too, man. But, yeah, that, that thing's broke. I might have to have you check that thing out sometime. Yeah, I'd love but, to look at it. I might not be able to help you at all. But. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure either. But the, the, the damn thing, uh, the hammer don't stay back, you know. So could be a problem. That's a, that's a pretty big <laughs> issue. So I'm glad I found that out, you know, and it's a single yeah. action. So I'm glad I found that out before it's too late. But, yep. So no, yeah. there's certain, I mean, there's definitely certain, certain times I'll carry a pistol. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And I, like I said, I would, I would love to have a pistol strapped to my chest. You know, I just, this last guiding season, I just didn't, you know. Yeah, well, especially if you're you know you know you're packing or assistant guiding under the right circumstance, right? Yeah, you know it's it's like when sometimes like there's only it's only necessary to have so many rifles, right? <laughs> yeah, you got yeah. At least you got something to defend yourself with if stuff gets real, real hairy. Yeah. Well, shoot, a couple of years ago, Steve had a DLP that one bear. Oh, he didn't tell me about that. Or he. I think they, I think it run off and I don't know if it killed or not, but it worked. Oh. Shot, you know, sh had to shoot with his, his little Glock 29. Oh, got him. Yeah. Cool. Good deal. But yeah, man. Well, 
Yeah, well, keep you keep you guys too late, but no. man, you know it's great to yeah, great to have you over and absolutely actually sit down and talk a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much officially, you know me. Like you said, we ran into each other a time or two, and yeah, it's good to finally meet you, man. Yeah, no kidding. You got any? Did you draw any? Draw any tags this year? No, no. Nope. Nope. All we sent in for was uh, buffalo. You know, I didn't really, I didn't really, I basically just didn't even know what to send in for for sheep. You know? Oh yeah, just couldn't even. Honestly, can't. I mean, I put in like I think we put in for Delta, but I was kind of relieved that we didn't draw anything because right. just go, you know, yeah. go yeah. with the default. But sometimes, like I mean, I know like they got some of the, some pretty good. Well, it depends on what you're doing, what you're doing too. Some of the youth hunts like are probably worth you know like the like the forty mile youth hunt yeah that opens a few days before everything else yeah um the delta delta management area youth hunt moose hunt oh you can do the there's the a moose de- down I there. think there's a delta youth moose hunt oh, that you can there? put in that kids can put in for oh, okay or youth I think you right. got to be like between ten and sixteen or something I'm not right. don't quote me on that but no I think. My, my my main goal, we went after sheep last year, him and I, and we, you know, we found quite a bit, you know, several. Found one that, fuck, actually, I think. I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But yeah, we thought that, you know, I just didn't think that one was legal. You no, know? that you probably made, it I, was, you know, it was the... <laughs> That'd be too specific. I know the guy that killed it, and I got to look at it, and it was legal. But you made the right call, right? Well, as I'd, far as not not knowing, because it's always better just to be err on the side of caution. Because that one was not a normal looking. Yeah, the only thing I knew is he wasn't full curl. Yep. You know, I I was trying to count rings, and I knew I knew he was seven and over. Yeah, I knew that for yep. sure. You know, and and he was almost full curl. You know, he yeah, was, he was a yeah. pretty pretty little ram you know but it was it was awesome man me and him were and just being able to like go you know look just, at them just and, go and find get them, the experience yeah. Yeah. yeah we we went up there and you know i i knew there's sheep up there talking to you know tony and biologists you know and, and uh you know i know there's sheep up there but few and far between mm-hmm. i just wanted to get them out there yeah you know get out there with my boy you know and that's what we did and well just out, getting out there getting out there and doing it and starting to you know Right, you know, I'm starting to learn. You know, that's that's half the battle. Sometimes is you never, you know, as long as you get yourself out there, right, you never know what's going to happen. I've had some weird, you know, as I'm sure you have in your days. You know, you've had some weird stuff happen. You know, or weird or cool, yeah, awesome opportunities happen just because you're out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, and obviously the the cliche of the worst weather. You know, when you're out there and the bad stuff is when it's the best. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we. That wasn't our. I guess we went on two little sheep hunts this this year. First year, the first one was down in the Alaska range. You know, we put on quite a bit of miles, but didn't find one sheep. Yeah. But, yeah, I think we've seen like twenty or you know we've seen a bunch of sheep when we went this way. And yeah, it was it was it was awesome, dude. It was just he, you know, we got up there, we made camp, and we we messed with this band of ewes that just came up to us and hung out with us using mm-hmm. using lambs man they just nice they were prone to us we even gave them a name <laughs> yeah it was it was just it was awesome so yeah yeah I had a pretty 
I guess I'm kind of bummed that we didn't shoot that sheep, but I'm, I'm I don't regret it. Yeah, like I say, I I was uh, trying to be a guide, you know. So. Yeah, no, and I think <laughs> I think in your you know I think in your shoes you, you made the right you made the right call. Yeah. Like that's the call I would have I would have recommended probably right. on the hoof, but yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I just I just knew I wasn't experienced enough to make that call off rings. You know, I yep. just, one thing I knew is it, it wasn't all the way curl, so. Yep. So. No, nothing wrong with that. There's some people that oh, yeah. make the wrong call repeatedly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But uh all over the damn place. No, but uh you got any got any any stuff lined up for the spring? No, I mean, I we we plan on doing some I plan on going after some kind of bear just yeah. spot and stock. Yeah. Know, like I we bullshit a little before like a tried dabbling with a little bit of bear baiting here and there since i've been up here <clears throat> but you know both times had one bear come in and pretty sure it was you know just a young bear just yeah happened on by the bait you know yeah i mean it's you know, it's it's, it's not as easy you know it's right it's it's not always straightforward man no um, and you i'm sure it makes sense you got to have one established and you know yeah I, or just yeah and he's he's got his wrestling, you know, throughout the whole bear baiting season. So yep. it's like I can't put in the whole just the time to did, really yeah get out there. And if I did have bears coming in, you know, to keep keep feeding them. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, no, I'd love yep. to get into it. You know, heck yeah. Bear well, and especially being able to dry, you know, dry. If you can, you can go. That's one thing that I mean. I've told you that. It, it would be cool if there was some more like spot and stock opportunity around around here. There's not like a ton of real right around here good yeah. areas, but yeah, you you put in you know if you're willing to like take a few days or a week and go do a little bit of traveling and hiking, you know, there's spots where you can do it, no right. problem. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, I think that's what we're gonna do. You know, just kind of treat it like a a hunt. You Heck know? yeah, a, a real hunt rather than. And you know, not to say bear bait ain't real, real hunting, man. But it's just different, man. It's yeah, man. yeah. it's got to be a pleasure, you know. Yeah, more than anything, you know, it's all pleasure. Yep. You know, I'd, I'd imagine, but yeah, just sitting there, you know, getting you know hot baits like you have, you know, and just watching the bears. I'm sure that's that's just that in itself. Yeah, it's it, it's fun, man, and a blast yeah. and sometimes yeah and sometimes they aren't sometimes they aren't hot like sometimes it's it's frustrating too oh, I'd but imagine. uh yeah and listening to you with the old grizzly bears you know that ain't <laughs> they're not easy to. yeah that's exercise bait. and frustration there yeah. too but it's it's fun yeah i mean i like i like doing it all <laughs> yeah you got it down to an art man <laughs> <laughs> it's been a lot a lot of years to to and i don't know i'm constantly learning stuff too right so you're gonna ever stone point another one probably not no i mean i don't know it was just like such an ordeal to get the get the points and i mean it was it was cool that is but awesome i was like yeah it was kind of stressful too right. <laughs> you know as far as like i the, the worst thing was i couldn't practice with them mm. i was like i'm you know got these stone points i don't dare like break yeah try to you know accidentally break one i mean and they're tough yeah like they do a really good job and i mean i shot them through bears and had them not break mm -hmm. but um yeah just take i only had three of them so i was like 
I'm normally pretty anal. Like I'll shoot my broadheads a bunch to make sure everything's flying really good, and then you know I can just sharpen them back up. Right. But uh, no, I haven't even decided what I want to. I mean, I'll probably you know I'd like to shoot. I want to get my son, my oldest boy, a bear this spring. Oh, okay. Help him get one. Heck yeah. So he's pretty pretty jazzed about that. That's first priority, and then I'd like to kill. Would like to kill two or three or whatever with my bow or right. what well, i keep saying i want to shoot one with a 10 millimeter but it's like oh, i kind of like shooting with my bow too yeah i just like too much stuff right <laughs> yeah yeah so how old you're he's guy? just turned seven in december oh heck yeah that'll be awesome yeah he's a pretty good little shot he wants to learn how to shoot a pistol too so right, man. i see you're we've been drilling with some toy well toy guns and i got a little Sorry, I keep burping. 1911 22 that's about like good size for him. And I got some snap caps, and so we're just easing into that. It's fun. Heck yeah, man. Like, yeah, I, I get a kick out of watching them videos of him <laughs> arrowing them damn squirrels. Yeah, but he kind of grew out of that bow now. He's a little too tall, little, his arms are, the bow's too short. Like, uh, I mean, you know, it's like they. Oh, yeah. These guys grow up so quick. Oh yeah, yes sir. Like he, you know, now he's too big for that bow. Luckily, he's got him a old, you know, old bear like fiberglass elementary school longbow. Right. That he could probably shoot for a while. Honestly, it might like I can pull that thing back to almost my draw length, and it's probably like I could kill a bear with that thing. Yeah, cool. <laughs> but uh, probably not legally. It's probably not quite that heavy. Oh, just don't but, have um, the poundage. No, but yeah, it's all fun. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be just fortunate. Fortunate to get to do it as much as we do, and yeah, absolutely, man. So, and yeah, you you say teach kids. Yeah, I can't imagine ever leaving this place, the old Alaska, man. Just yeah, we well, got a better beard than I can grow, so you're yeah. fitting in. Does that mean I'm Alaska? Right. <laughs> Not necessarily, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard a few of them few things it takes to be an alaskan i don't think it's appropriate to say on this podcast yeah yeah <laughs> we're usually not too pc but some of the, some of the the sourdough qualifications will let let temple when he's over talk about them okay <laughs> yeah man i yeah like fuck yeah i just came up to alaska thinking you know two years I'll I'll give it two years because I kind of had that contract with the yep. job, job I came up here with, and we'll dabble with it. But now now it's three years, and we haven't even been back. So yeah, it's got it's got its hooks into you. Huh? Yeah, no, that's you know it's you know partly because of you know travel you know restrictions at some points, and you know obviously takes a lot of money to get five people across yeah. the country. But because yeah, he's he's got a twin sister and. Little girl, you know, a little sister. Boom. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't see myself ever leaving Alaska, man. Well, there you go. No, yeah. it's good. I mean, it's cool to, it's cool to see, you know, people kind of being able to realize their dreams and move and not just, you know, everyone, and uh, including myself, like to knock, you know, it's like, oh, the guys that don't oh, want to, you know, you come up here and play, which is fine. You know, you want to come up here, but yeah. it's cool to see, you know, people that are just normal, normal guys, normal gals, like be able to come up here and make a living and yeah. kind just, of figure it out. And you, you eventually, you just like melt right into the rest of us. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's, that's just where I'm 
trying to get, I guess, you know, just be a part of Alaska, you know, um, moving on, moving forward, I guess, just see where this guiding thing takes me, you know, I, like you said earlier, you know, I, I'm pretty much, I'm not exactly sure where I'm going to take it, but it's, it's a hell of a way to learn, you know, a lot of the ropes Heck yeah. to Alaska, you know, the, the logistical side of anything. Yeah, and, you know, how to, I mean, even stuff, you know, even basic stuff, like how to get around some of this different type of country or, you know, because it's pretty overwhelming, you know, compared to, like, areas down in the States where you can just walk right. all over hard dirt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, hard <laughs> dirt, yeah. That's one thing I miss. But. Just getting to, getting to, like, see the way in, I mean, yeah. You could go a lot of different directions, like pretty much anything you think of, you know, how you're, how to camp up here, how to hunt effectively in different terrains and how to, you know, put up critters. Like the more you can see how different people do things, you know, you just kind of figure it out and use what you can use and develop your own way of doing it. And before you know it, you've been here 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's right where you're at now, huh? Right yeah, about twenty. Oh, well, uh, twenty, twenty-two years, twenty-one okay. years, something like that. Nice. Heck yeah! I'm finally to the point where I'm like, like, I'm kind of getting old. <laughs> that's how I kind of <laughs> felt, man. But. Like I hurt more when I get out of bed in the morning than when I go to bed at night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the old. I hear that's the the curse of the thirties. That's the me. beginning of the end. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, but uh. Yeah, it's it's great, man. Like I, I yeah, I, I can't. Again, again with this podcast, can't thank you enough for you know everything you do with the podcast. You know, you you put out some good information to people. You know, without you know actually telling them. Yeah, well, we, I try to. You know, and like I mean, I I can't take too much credit. Like we're just having a good time most of the time. Right. But try to like you know tell some fun stories and yeah. And give out some some you know useful like advice and information and a lot of know. it is you know and it's you know like you say a lot of it's bullshitting but it's yeah. it's not bullshit yeah you know, that's for sure but well it, it comes from definitely good experience try to make it come from experience yeah, or if, right. you know or if you know we don't and we're not afraid to give each other a little bit of shit sometimes if we're for the failures, yeah. <laughs> for the for the failures, or if we're you know, or if one of us is barking up the wrong tree or something. But yeah, yeah. Well, Hunter and Jet, man, good to good to have you guys over, and we'll have to have to do it again. And yeah. next, you know, when you got some more some more stories, and heck yeah, I would love it, man. We'll yeah. go from go from there, and I'm sure I'm sure in the meantime we'll run into you at the rifle range, and oh yeah. I'll be spending a lot of time there this year. Oh, yeah. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all you all you do down there. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Man. No problem, man. Good. Good to see you guys. Thanks for coming over. Yep. And if you guys enjoy Tundra Talk, I appreciate it if you you leave a good review or on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. That helps us out a bunch. And uh, yeah, thanks and tune in next time.